Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this week, Aaron, we're going to talk about Ponza kickboxing. Or Panza. Or Panza. You said, I always thought it was Panza, but then you, you told me that you interviewed Mr. himself and you called him Ponza. No, I didn't tell you that. I've never met Mr. Panza. Well, at any rate, what I always thought about the name Ponza is that it sounds like Ponzi. Like a Ponzi scam? Yeah. See, now I think of it in a different way, like Panzer. Like a Panzer tank. I don't know what that is. Is you know, a like Panzer a tank. a tank? Yeah, you know, like a Panzer. And then his kicks hit like shells coming out of the front Because I know about Panzer Dragoon, you know, okay, that famous yeah. series. Yeah. But that's a dragon game. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have where they get the name Panzer. You're riding dragons there. Well, I know that. But, I mean, where's Panzer? Is, is, is Andre Panzer in that game and he's got a fleet of dragons? No, that would talking. be something. Yeah, and he's 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 savant kicking them as you go as they drive by. It's sort of like an op- It's like a, a inverse Thanatos, where feel, you're the villager and you're kicking the dragon as it goes. I by. feel like one of those uh, uh, mutual sequels coming on: Panzer Kickboxing and Panzer Dragoon. Oh man! Or he could fight the dragon. Could you imagine how rare that game would be? No, that'd be everyone would have that one. That's true. That's true. It would be like the sequel that everybody owns, but the originals are. I like it. By. Unfortunately. I don't think Pants is going to be making more video games. I'll tell you why later. It's mm. a teaser. Bro. Now, tell me about your personal history with kickboxing. When did you first discover its joys and its sorrows? Well, kickboxing for me, I remember there's a, there was a video that came out called One Night in Bangkok. Remember that Makes song? Makes the joint start humming. No, no. <laughs> wow, no. Anyway, it was from a fellow named Murray Head, and it was from a play. Uh, and... Uh, in the video for this, I, I know it's uh, yeah. One night in Bangkok makes the joint start humming. There's a, the rap verse, you know, who, where, why, what, how much have you got? Well, in the West, and oh, no, I just realized that's Pet Shop Boys. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they sound they sound. Murray familiar. Head's gonna come here and whoop your behind. They're from. almost the same. Although really, your voice is not much worse than his. <laughs> But uh, anyway, there's a bit in the video where these two guys are boxing, and one guy hauls off and kicks the other guy in the head. And Just straight I, on. I remember thinking to myself, well, look at that. That's kind of wacky. But mm-hmm. all, all, what I had seen was PKA full contact karate when I was younger. Okay. And I didn't even participated in full contact karate with hilarious results. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I'd never seen kickboxing. And so uh, sure enough, thank you, late night ESPN, I would see these guys... Uh, Doing kickboxing, and we'd also occasionally would get savat. You know, the French, French boxing, uh, the French martial arts savat. Uh, How is French boxing different than kickboxing? I can't tell you. I don't know it well enough to sit here and give you the particulars. Yeah, I will say in the back of the ma- of the manual for this. There's a large section of the manual devoted to educating you on what this stuff is. Mm. So I'll give them credit on that. But anyway, uh, kickboxing was a was a sport that would you would see it late at night usually because ESPN at this point was sort of desperate for this is early days. Mm-hmm. ESPN's our America's like sports uh, channel. Yeah, and so you would see a lot of it there, and and eventually 
PKA full contact karate sort of morphed into uh, kickboxing, and so that sort of morphed into what was called K1, which was the Japanese promotion that promoted big time kickboxing, probably the height of kickboxing on in the, on the planet. But there was always like Thai boxing, which I, you know I'm sure your wife's familiar with that. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see any over there? I feel, I, I'm I've seen it on television. Sunday is the is the Muay Thai day on TV, and it's always on. But uh, I've never been to a live match before. What I like about Thai boxing is, that, of course, there's a lot of ceremony involved. I like the way the guys dress, and I like the fact that during the match there's a band playing, mm-hmm. or music playing yeah. the whole time, and these guys actually. Uh, their moves often will be on beat, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whether intentional or otherwise. Right. But that's the way they train. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Now, are the blood sport movies kickboxing? Their blood sport movies will, are based on what was called the Kumite, uh, which was a, 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 a underground but boxing competition. It was a basically like a UFC style, like different styles would get together allegedly. And it was a that movie was a uh, was based on a book written by a guy named Frank Dukes, mm-hmm. who was a um, at the time everyone he had said he'd won the Kumite and he was like 187 and 0 or mm-hmm. something like that. This is probably garbage. A lot of people have punched holes in this crap. Fraudulent uh, people in the world of martial arts. Oh man, there's a whole there's a guy that's got a channel devoted to like bullcrap. It's, mm-hmm. it's called Bullshito. That mm-hmm. it's sort of like that, but there's a T in there, <laughs> and 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 he goes and do, and it mauls these poor guys that have come up with this crap. But Frank Dukes is one of them. But uh, I will say, uh, Andre Panzer, a legitimate, real, actual kickboxer, which we'll get into him more when we get into the game. But yeah, so uh, I've been watching. Kickboxing for you know probably thirty years. Oh, yeah. so you're well versed, on and off, well versed. Well, amongst the, the other things, and the know. art of kickboxing. How would a kickboxer do against an MMA guy? The kickboxers have done MMA many times. In mm-hmm. fact, a lot of kick, a lot of almost all modern mixed martial artists train in Thai boxing, and you have to. It's a um, the days of specialization are over. You have to sort of know how to do everything. Yeah. So there are plenty of guys that go over to uh, uh, Phuket. Thailand and train there, what, what you know, amongst all the many schools that are in that town. I have been there before. Oh, really? Yeah. What's it like over there? I always uh, wondered. Phuket is different than the rest of Thailand. Yeah. It's almost like Hawaii versus the rest of the United States. Yeah. It's very, very. Everybody goes there on vacation. The prices are the same or more as American prices, which is not the same as in Thailand, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if you want to see sort of the highlights of everything Thai, it's a place to. It's the place to go. There's tons of beautiful resorts. Tons of Muay Thai gyms, so you'd like it. You'd like yeah, it. Yeah, I'd like to go there someday. Yeah. Maybe once you move back over there, I'll, I'll cruise on over. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have you anytime. Yeah, man. Um, all right, Aaron, let's talk about what Dreamcatch has been up to this week. It's as timely as our topic was mm. today. So Dreamcatch has a little ditty here on the 8-bit versions of uh, a game based on a film, a very popular film, at least over in these parts, mm-hmm. called Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this movie is known outside of the United States. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. This was a, a movie, I believe John Carpenter uh, did it. Uh, in fact, I know he did. And it uh, is about a, uh, a trucker who gets em- embroiled in this weird uh, uh, mystical battle between mm-hmm. these warring uh, Chinese uh, factions in Little China, and uh, it's great movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's played for laughs, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's the lead in that? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's mm-hmm. the lead, and it's uh, 
it's so I think it, I'm trying to think of what the guy named I know he his truck's called the Pork Chop Express or something like that. <laughs> there's a lot of funny bits in it mm-hmm. uh, where he try. There's one bit where a guy tries to chop a beer can in half with a cleaver, and there's a big thing about that. It, it, Reach, uh, the his character is always making these idiotic comments, and of course the famous line: "They take this potion to give them like some kind of powers." And he and they're in this elevator and they're going down. And he looks around to his buddies. He goes, "I'm feeling sort of invincible." <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> yeah. but, but but so and another movie where the Asian lead role is played by a non-Asian, mm-hmm. which always it's funny because it makes no sense in the film. I remember I was always like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> you know that chick's not Asian. What's happening? Why do they want her? But they want her. Who knows why? Uh, anyway. Anyway, it's a great flick, and so I didn't even know there was a game based on it, but I should have because every movie that has any sort of name has got a game based on it mm-hmm. on something. And so Dreamcatcher goes into uh, detail. Of course, he has to break down the movie fully, scene by scene. Yes, <laughs> break it down fully. I mean, this, this is a long, a long uh, bit here. But if you're into uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, I, I, I suggest you give this one a, a, a whirl because it's a, that's a good flick. The game, I haven't played it, so I, I'm not going to make a comment on the game. According to the guys in the chat, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, big in the UK. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I, I should have known. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I bought uh, the uh, evil guy in the movie, the super evil magician. I bought his action figure and gave it to Chudley for Christmas a couple oh. years ago. Yeah. He's a big fan of that movie. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about what's been going on this week in Amiga News, Aaron. Amiga News. There it is. All right. <laughs> Did you know I was waiting? I knew you'd on it. <laughs> so uh, these are just a couple four videos that we have to share. We've, the first one comes from our boy, Amiga Love. He's our boy? He's our boy. Uh, this is a video about all the different Amiga keyboards. So according to him, the Amiga 2000 had every single variation of Amiga keyboard. So um, you can check out. He goes through all the differences. Uh, all the different Man, switch look mechanisms. How, look at that. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't. That that seems insane that he animated that himself. But maybe he did. He's a Miga love after all. He's got all. love. He can do anything. Love powers him. Yeah. If, what do you think about that song? What? I haven't heard, thought about love power in forever. I don't even know love that one. Power. I don't know that. Oh, song. I thought you were quoting that. Song. No. Is that oh, a real okay. song? Or are you just yeah, making that up? No, I'll play it for you later. There's an Amiga love song. No, it's it's a song called Love Power. Oh. It's from the I 80s. was much more excited about the Amiga no, version. No. Um, but anyway, this is a lot of close-ups of a lot of keyboards. Man, you know, nothing gets me hotter <laughs> than a sleek, sexy keyboard. Absolutely. And then they zoom in, brother. <laughs> and man, when there are animated diagrams, I'm in. When I, I I'm just, in the zone. Just Tilda sends a oh, shiver down man. my spine. Woo. Good God Almighty. If there's a pound sign on that sucker, <laughs> it's over. I ain't coming home tonight. <laughs> Up next, this is a triple threat. <laughs> We've got Ravi Abbott. We got there <laughs> Stevens Auto He's selling cars. This is over off the Ripley Fairplane exit in West Virginia. Um, we've got uh, Dan. Uh, or not Dan. Yeah, Dan, but not the Dan. Not Dan Wood. This is a different Dan. Dan, too. We call him Bearded Dan. Yeah. And, of course, Retro Man Cave himself. I think Dan and Retro Man Cave are, are one of them is a doppelganger yes, of the other one. Yes, absolutely. Ravi has brought along his Amiga 4000. Look at this thing on the front of the 4000. Yeah, I used to have, I used to, my Amiga 4000 had a gimmick like that on it that says Video Toaster. Oh! It, it didn't look like that. The one I had was like a tower and it had a little stripe on it. Mm. Yeah. So this is 
towards the end of the four thousand, they just started bundling in the toaster with. No, I don't think so. I think it was a you had to buy the specific toaster version of it. Oh, be my guess. Okay, okay. Uh, so, but I, yeah, I uh, uh, I looked at that. I was like, man, look at that. It's a sweetie. You know, it's I I was just thinking about the Amigas that we got rid of. You know. And man, if, if I'd known we were going to be doing this show, and I would have gotten back into Amiga so hard, I would—I mean, I kept some of the stuff, but not mm -hmm. none of the big stuff. Gosh, I'm kicking myself now. But what are you going to do? Hindsight, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I watched this. It was—it was interesting. That's—that's uh, that's, uh, Ravi's. Uh, uh, that's Ravi's computer. He's had for a long time. Like I think he said, his dad uh, got it for mm -hmm. him. As his dad worked somewhere and had that so that, I thought that was kind of neat uh, and uh, it was it was it's just as interesting as you think it is with you got you you got the uh, couple of luminaries I'm not familiar with Dan I know Dan's associated with another some sort of other show okay but I I, I don't know him so it's, I'm sure we'll see him around he's he's made the big time now yeah so. <laughs> all right and this it's Ravi Abbott mania here <laughs> Because he's put out another. Welcome to the retro hour. <laughs> he's put out a video about, and it's funny because, um, well, you know, I we'll talk a little bit oh, about my my interview with uh, Retro Man Cave. But oh. we spent some time talking about the Ombre chipset, and here, lo and behold, a couple days later, Ravi puts out a video all about the Amiga that might have been. You know. Now listen, I'm not gonna uh, not to undermine or counteract any opinions on the Ombre chipset, and I know I believe uh, uh, Mr. Pleasance has spoken about this thing too. Someone somewhere where they were acting like this thing would rival like a PS2. Yeah, that I find a dubious claim. <laughs> now, now I know they said this would be as big a technological leap as the original Amiga was. That sounds great, mm -hmm. but the PS2 was out. A while after this, and that PlayStation 2 chipset was supposed to be a real wheeler dealer, as I recall. So if this is going to be on the level of that, that is, I don't know. It's, about a, it's that a tall one. order, to yeah. say the least. Uh, you know, Ravi, he goes in, he basically covers all that we know about this thing, which is 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 some, but not not a whole lot. And, and he throws up some schematics that are very basic. You know, you've got CPU and you got various leads even you can out understand these. Yeah, boat. yeah. So um, look, CD drive. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you think you know if if the Amiga, if the CD thirty two would have been like a PlayStation? Do you think it would have beaten the PlayStation? Well, <laughs> do you mean, well, you mean if let's let's pretend that 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 new chipset exists, okay, and it's in C three. Is that what you're saying? Right. No, because unfortunately, Commodore at that point would still be around, and I don't trust them to make anything work. Mm -hmm. They were they were stinking up the joint big time, and I despite I mean, listen, the CD thirty two isn't a dud. It's a good, it's a good little system. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a consoleized A twelve hundred. They could have done something with that, but they didn't. And why? There's a couple reasons, but not the least of which is they were on their way out anyway. Mm -hmm. So the now, if you're saying technologically, if the if a if a CD thirty two came out like uh, we're looking at here, a CD sixty four that mm -hmm. had a PlayStation two like chipset that had that kind of power. And assuming you had another bunch of people to run Commodore, then absolutely. You know, if you've got the technology off, then you can do well. But a lot of times, and we've seen this, I mean, uh, let's look at it. Me and Bridges did a show on ARG on the GameCube. Mm -hmm. Okay, the GameCube, from what we read, technically 
it's got better, it should be a faster, better machine technically than the things that beat it. Mm -hmm. But it still got crushed. Why? Circumstances, Lack of third-party support. Yeah, stuff like mm -hmm. that. And mm -hmm. so you, now if you're a third party and you're, uh, Kona rolls out with another console, you could be like, I'm going to hop on this one. Well, I mean, it's, it, 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 a lot would have to change for me to believe that Kona could put out a winner. Yeah. Because they had so thoroughly and completely, I mean, they botched the Amiga Almost from Jump Street, mm -hmm. and, and if it wasn't for the fact that the Amiga was so awesome, it would have probably gotten it never gotten anywhere anyway in it in the first place. So, the Commodore that brought out the uh, C sixty four was not the same bunch that were steering the reins of the Amiga's uh, future. Absolutely, you know. So that's just, and that's just me. Now, what do I know? But I, I, I'm not optimistic. Let's put it that way. Next up, Aaron, ten minute Amiga retrocast, ten mark. He's back. Am. And he's oh, going to. Is that your finger that yeah, did that? Yeah, it's just, you know, I've got a thing that I do. Good Lord. Um, he is talking about the SCSI to SD for your Amiga. Now, this is something. SCSI, you that, say? Yeah, that, that I haven't heard anything about yet. Uh, I know you got your GoTech. Yeah. You got your various IDE to Compact Flash or SD solutions. Uh, yeah. This is the first thing I've, I've heard about the SCSI adapter. Now, do you know anything about this? I knew these existed. I don't know anyone. Of course, I don't. None of my Amigas have a SCSI port on them. Which Amigas did have a SCSI port? Oh boy, um, was I it just think, the Tower Amigas? I, well, I mean, you could buy. I, I, you know, I don't. I, I don't. I think you third-party cards and stuff. I know, like I've owned an Amiga 500, a, a hard drive uh, expansion that had SCSI on it. A couple of them, right? So, because there was a time. Oh yeah, you're a, the 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 thing that was over here with the House 500 right. had a SCSI port. The uh, uh, there was a time, and I mean. SCSI sort of still around. There was a time where SCSI like was running neck and neck with IDE because it, and SCSI had a rep for being faster, mm -hmm. you know, or uh, maybe easier to set up or whatever. Uh, before IDE sort of like scooted out of the way. And I don't know. I'm no professional. I don't know if they use SCSI for stuff now. I don't know why they would use it. Right? I don't know. But uh, a SCSI was still a, a big deal back when the Amiga was still around. So uh, they, there were plenty of expansions that have SCSI uh, interfaces on them. And so if you've got one, uh, now in terms of what computers shipped with one, you know, obviously we know that the 600 1200 didn't. I think the Amiga 2000s, I think the hard drive versions had SCSI Yeah, in the them. chat has already answered this for us. The 2000, the 3000. Okay, thank you. Good. I thought yeah. the 2000. I wasn't sure about the 3000. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so you've got a couple that came with them standard. Uh, so uh, using the SCSI to, uh, to uh, what was a SCSI to SD, mm -hmm. I, I can understand that. I mean, if you've got them, I mean, that's a good would idea. They, so that would give you a faster, theoretically faster load times than an IDE to SD solution, right? I no, no, I don't think so. Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I doubt it. Okay, I doubt, I'm sure you're limited by the by the. Uh, I, I'd be surprised if it gave you a, a exponentially faster than the IDE. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know SCSI, it may, maybe it would. I don't know. I'm, it's, it's something I haven't really looked into, to be honest with you. Okay. Well, if you're at all curious, make sure you check out 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast's video on the subject. Yeah. that's a, that's, uh, It's interesting because I know there are plenty of people out there that have SCSI. And there are probably a lot of people that are still running their classic Amigas with SCSI that they've had this whole time. They just kept, you know... So a card solution, I mean, those hard drives are getting old. They're yeah. going to go eventually. And our last story, Aaron, mm -hmm. we're going all the way to Norway. Okay, awesome. Okay. Oh, I know these guys. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. He's speaking my language right yeah. here. Just playing a little bit of that for you right there. We were just talking about this on the uh, Discord. Yeah, yeah. Retropodden is back. The world's number one retro gaming podcast in Norway is back with a new episode. And all I can say is that it contains some talk about Prince of Persia because that is those are words that I can understand. It's so funny you'd bring this up because we were just talking in Discord about I was I, I said listen where's the translated version of this bad boy <laughs> and so someone had brought out the possibility of uploading this to uh, YouTube and then using their auto translate to listen to the thing. Yeah. So. Maybe that's something we could check now. Well, you know, I've listened. I can't understand a single word. You may, you may be, uh, you may be surprised to hear this, but I've listened to this podcast before. Oh yeah, and I'll tell you why. Okay, just listen. Because it's soothing. It's soothing, man. Did you use it? Did you do it? The it's a sack. Or this is this is just like whenever whenever I need to calm down and just chill, uh-huh. I put this on in the background, and like when I'm cleaning down here, just it just soothes it soothes my soul. Um, I don't really want to hear it in English. Uh, some things just like Japanese pop. If you translate it, it loses something. Now. Some of our friends are like, oh, was it Leaf that does? Who, who's involved? Yeah, in this? Leaf, Leaf is involved in this now. Yeah. I learned today that we've been saying his name wrong all these years. It's not years. Leaf. It's Leaf. No kidding. Like a like a potato chip with an F at the end. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, Leaf. All right. Yeah. So, but anyway, Leaf is in charge of this, and uh, and he does he does a real a real awesome job with so it. So our buddy, our good buddy, we've known Leaf for a long time. He's he's number one in all of all of Norway. Yeah, yeah. Astounding. It is. It is. It's astounding, but in a way, it's not because it's so well done. I bet if we could hear this podcast, we would shrink away and 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 feel pathetic and at its side. Yeah, we'd because probably no just one's hang listening it up. to us to go to sleep. I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, y'all doing? It's us for some Amiga. No one wants to hear that as they're trying to you drift off into dreamland. You were in their nightmares, <laughs> Amiga. <laughs> Booze. That's what you'd hear. And then you're singing. That'd wake up anyone. That would. Holy smokes. That would. All right, Aaron. That's going to do it for this week's Amiga News. Let's jump right in to Panza Kickboxing. Oh, man. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, Boaster. Uh, I've been pushing this one for a long time. If you'll recall, before we, we were back picking these ourselves, I was like, come on, let's get some Panza going. We never got, we never got no Panza. So now it's pans at time. I'm very excited about this one. So, and I will say that we are borrowing some footage from our buddy Life School, one of the head honchos over at Lemon Amiga this week, frequent commenter on our videos. So thank you, Life School. I, I love those guys. Unfortunately, I failed out of that school. Unfortunately, mm. so I, you know, <laughs> well, you can always I'll go back, back and to get, re- you can get your GED. In well, the I'm in right now. I'm in re- reformed Life School. <laughs> I'm trying to get that going again. So. Let's talk about pans at kickbox and one I definitely have played before. Uh, first released uh, in 1990 on two big floppy discs, published by an outfit called Futura, and developed. It was actually it was it was developed by Futura and it was it was published by uh, Futura slash Lorisil. How do we pronounce that? Is that Loracell. right? Loracell. Now, Loracell. Oh, no. I'm see sorry. Right there it is. Loracell. I, th- I think that might be Laura Chill, like okay. a CH. Really? Chill yeah. in there. Yeah. I don't know anything about French, but I, it's funny because Laura Chill, I was just telling Bo, we've covered them like two weeks running on ARG because we covered a French computer, the Oric, we covered the Oric, and we, then we covered a the M05 out of France, the Thompson, and both weeks, Laura Ciel, 
Laura Chill, whatever they're called, did some of the games we worked on. So sure enough, they did this one too. Big players in France, mm -hmm. big players. Uh, so let's talk about this developer. On the Amiga, these guys worked on a game called Advanced Destroyer Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> they did a game called Best of the Best, which we'll talk about later. And a game called D-Day. So these guys are basically doing... It's like two war games. Oh, and some kickboxing. Yeah. Let's put that together. Um, the coder on this was a guy named uh, Nicholas Masonet. Now, I'm, I mentioned this guy. He did a lot of stuff. But he did uh, a game called Golden Eagle. A game called Moon Blaster. And I believe we actually played this game, Pinball Magic. Do you remember playing that a long time ago? I don't know if we even filmed anything, but I remember we both tried it out. Uh, it's a pinball game on the Amiga. I don't remember that. Yeah, one. it was a long time okay. ago. Well, we did a lot of this. Remember that we went to a pinball. Uh, yeah, our first seven episodes, six of them were pinball episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the musician on this, which this song, this actually has uh, one nice little tune. I think it's only got the one tune, boat at mm -hmm. the beginning. Uh, Mc, uh, is that Michael or Mikael or Michelle Wana Gradoff? Mm -hmm. He did all, tons of the uh, of the stuff uh, for Laura Shill, including a game called Turbo Cup on the Amiga. This is a game that keeps coming up again because this is a game that uh, all these computers share in common. So one of these, we've got to try that one out. Yeah. So let's see which one has the best version of it. Um, this was uh, put out on the OCS, works on the ECS, works on pretty much everything. So it's, it's old school. And... Uh, got released on a. I didn't believe. I couldn't believe this. Uh, the amount of systems this was out on boat. Uh, you got your Amstrad family. You've got your Atari ST. You've got the uh, PC Engine, which that one I had played. Believe it or not, this had a Turbo Graphics. No, release. I played it this week. Oh, oh really? The Turbo yeah. Graphics. Mm -hmm. You got to tell us about that. Uh, and was uh, of course also had a DOS release. Mm, which I, I, sh I should have played release. that. <laughs> CGA, EGA, Man, CGA Panza sounds like a sounds like a dream. <laughs> sounds like a dream to me. So, what is Pan, uh, Panza Kickbox? Well, so, first, where, how, what are we going to do here? Is it going to be Panza or Panza? I'm going to go decide. with both. Okay. I'm, I don't have to decide. you got to make a choice. Listen, listen, man, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Let's talk about Andre Panza. All right, Panza. I'm okay. going with Panza. So, who is this guy? It's made all the difference. Right? Let me tell you something. The guy's name was on the game, and I thought to myself, I'm going to look up this guy's record. I'm going to get some details on him. See, I, you know... I would have never known that this was a guy. Yeah, I just thought it was like Panzer. What do like you mean? He's in that. He's in the opening. He's in the load screen, and his 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 name is splashed all yeah, over this thing. I didn't put two and two together. Did you, you didn't read the manual either? Did you? No, I read the manual. Oh, I, I skipped the they, I skipped the intro. You didn't see the part where they talk about how great. Listen, he is? man, we've had to get, we've had to wade through so many novellas to get to the <laughs> well, real instructions. I've, I've become jaded. So I thought I'm going to find lots of information. It's going to be awesome. Well, find the information, on Andre Ponza, No easy task. Mm. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. I had to dig deep. So, just as a quick, because it's worth mentioning here, because this it, it's a funny story. So, Andre Panza is—he's a kickboxer that was born in 1959 in Strasbourg, France. That's his hometown, and that's where he has his operations out of. Okay, you ever heard of Strasbourg? Strasbourg? Sounds like uh, well, it's a picture for the Nats, but I think it's also uh, a city in Germany. Yeah, that's what I thought. But this yeah. is in France. Interesting. Confirmed. Okay. okay. So, in the manual, it mentions this, and they've got it written here. He's a triple. He's a world triple champion and French boxing Europe double champion. Holy cow! Right, that's exponential. He's also the co international coach and tech manager of the of a league in kickboxing and the winner of the Golden Katanas <laughs> in 1989. Do you know what those are? That's that's when you uh, that's a that's a Highlander deal. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He trained his son, whose name is Jean Bryce. 
And that was his student. Now, of course, uh, who knows what this kid went on to do, but I know he was competing. He, oh, yeah, he was a junior champion in uh, kickboxing and tie boxing. He also changed. He, he also trained his daughter, Angelina Panza, and I know she went on to fight professionally, too. Wow, so this he is was a whole also, family. Andre Panza was also champion of savat, judo, and free fighting. He's the six-time world champion of kickboxing, the two-time world champion of French boxing, again, whatever that is, and one-time world champion of full contact. At the time of the writing of this, when I found this information, he was a fourth-degree black belt in judo. He's 1-0 in MMA, so he had one MMA fight, and he was active in the 90s, mm. okay? So he's got a gym that's featured in the game called the Panza Gymnastique in Strasbourg, France. If you, if you look... On the side of the ring when you're fighting, you can see it says Panza Gymnot. Gym, I think that was another clue to me that this might be a place or a thing and not no, a guy. No, it's a guy. Yeah. It's a guy. It's an absolute. So I found an interview with this guy in French. So I had to do some translating here. I'm sure you did it by hand with a paper dictionary. Oh, I did. Thank God for that. Thank God for lots of loose leaf paper. <laughs> so the uh, they asked him about the game, mm -hmm. right? And he said, listen, he goes, this game... He goes, the game was the first game dedicated to kickboxing and was top of the software, all right? And he said it was a great pleasure to work on it, but here's the big part. The company I worked for later screwed me mm. and didn't use screw no. on the royalties flowing and reopening the game under a new name. And he goes, I prefer to fight at the time than to earn money. So he basically went to war with him, but he didn't get any money, all right? So... I'll get into what happened there later, but he he got screwed by these people, and I'll get into that. So the game was in development for two years, and the programmers, uh, the according to information I found, the programmers actually worked with Panza, and all the moves you see digitized are Panza doing the moves. Well, I can I can believe it. Yeah, so you know. that's Panza. So all the little different characters, everything in the game that's a fighter, that's Panza. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's 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 pretty slick. Um, so, uh, and I don't, I, as far as I know, Panza is still around. Oh, one more keynote about Panza. When I was doing research for this, Panza has a song. It's on YouTube. <laughs> is Him, he singing the song? He sings oh, the song. Now I posted in the Discord, but when we put this up, I'll link it off the off the off the video. But Panza's song, it was described as awful <laughs> amongst the Discord crowd. But I thought that was great. And of course on the album cover of the song, there's a chick there, and then there's Panza in his outfit with his belt. Mm -hmm. You gotta have the belt. The so, triple-double belt. Something tells me that Panza just rolls around Strasbourg with the whole belt, with multiple belts yeah. on. So Panza's still, he's still among us. As far as I know, he is still alive. I mean, the, the, the information on this guy was surprisingly light. Mm -hmm. And trust me, just to find out what I did, I had to really dig deep. Well, here's the thing. Here's my personal opinion is that the information about Panza probably is light in English. If we could somehow search the dark well, web, otherwise known as the non-English web, I searched I searched um, as much French stuff as I could. Yeah, and most of what I found a lot was of that stuff French. is hard to find. Uh, I could not find his current record uh, except for his MMA record. But I mean, a lot of things I saw about Pants were people bragging to have beaten him. <laughs> well, I mean, so I mean, his name was so yeah. revered. Sure. It's like crap. Sure. I beat Panza. You know, wow, big deal. So this guy was no scrub. Now the funny thing about that is, was when I researched this game, I saw the comment made over and over that people at the time couldn't figure out why this guy got a game. They're like, who's this guy? Like Pansy, he's not that big a deal. So I don't know if he hadn't 
I mean, I'm assuming that people just didn't know much about kickboxing and said that. Mm-hmm. As opposed, I mean, who would you put in there? Right. And who's the most famous kickboxer you know? Jean Claude Van Damme. Right. And he did he kickbox or just guessing? No, he was wasn't he in Best of the Best or Bloodsport? Sorry, I mean, Bloodsport. Those are movies. <laughs> I mean, an actual competing kickboxer. Who's the most famous one you know? Oh, I don't know. Any. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So if I said Bill Smith is the world's best, it's Bill Smith's kickboxing. You just have to accept it, right? Yeah, you would. So there you go. So Blind that's, faith. Just, that's just a guess. So let's get into the actual game. So that's all about Panda. So in this game, it's a pretty straightforward game. You are a you are uh, tasked with basically a kickboxing career. You can pick a pre-made guy, and there's a window that comes up that uh, that has a menu on it. All right, the menu in this thing's horrible. Okay, in my opinion. So you've got to sort of figure out what in the heck's going on with this menu. Uh, on the main menu, there's a, two pictures, two different fighters. Uh, you can select if you're going to fight them. You can select which fighters you're going to fight, and you can go down to match. Those are your main. Those are your main bits. Now, so we'll, and we'll talk about the extra stuff in a minute. But the main, uh, the main bulk of the game is the actual event, the fight. Uh, you are you are one of two kickboxers. You've got uh, a blue pants kickboxer and a red pants kickboxer. No matter which character you pick in the game, the character on the screen during the fight looks exactly the same. Yeah, well, it's it's so zoomed out yeah. that they can get away with it. Right, and so it's not like say Street Fighter where there's a chick and there's a big Russian. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. These are two identical fighters with different pants. Right. Um, then you begin the fight. The, you're fighting in a standard ring, like a boxing ring, and you fight uh, with. And there's a little uh, chubby French ref that's in there, and then that's it. You start the fight. Uh, the uh, the moves in the fight are done. Of course, the Amiga has one button. In fact, a lot of these systems fight just have the one button. So what they did was they mapped these uh, maneuvers in a very cunning way. Uh, you move if you move left and right on the joystick without the button down, your guy will move left or right. Mm-hmm. Right? If you pull down without the button down, uh, your 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 character will basically do a move. Any any directional any direction you go without a button, there'll be a move done. Okay. Uh, actually, well, no, except for pull, left or right, you, or, or or pull down the button where he'll block, sort mm-hmm. of block, yeah. I guess. Or pull I'd back. call that a maneuver. Though. Yeah. Otherwise, every point on the joystick is open for for a maneuver. And so, if you hit like, if I hit diagonal back mm-hmm. with the button, that's a move. Mm-hmm. If I hit diagonal right with a button, that's a move. If I hit diagonal without a button, that's a move. Right. And these are a ton of different kickboxing moves. And you're having a kickboxing match, complete with the ref breaking up uh, lockups mm-hmm. and the ref calling for stoppage of the fight when an opponent knocks down or when he falls down or when he's knocked out. Uh, the ref counts. Everything you would expect to see in a normal standard kickboxing match. Uh, the uh, uh, presentation of the actual fights is nice. There's really a, two arenas, really. You've got your, like, basically, it's the same arena, but there's one version where you're just like, you're a scrub and a loser fight. There's like one dude watching. And then there's another arena where it's like fall and the crowd's cheering and, it's, and the lights are on. It's much cooler. Your health in this game, is, I think this is pretty clever, is there are spotlights above each side of the, of the ring. And you, the more you get hit, the dimmer your lights will get. And eventually yeah. the light will go out. You, somebody actually punches your lights out. Yeah, in this don't game. You, I think that's clever. And then when your lights all go, get real low, you're in real danger of being knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much the actual event. Now, 
I got more to say, but let's hear from you. Just from you had, I think me and you had played this maybe once or twice back before. We played it on successive right. Amigathons. Yeah, so uh, you had some experience going yes. in. Give us your thoughts. Okay. What do you want me to, to tell you about what I think about the whole game? Yeah. Or, okay. Whatever you want to say. Okay. Well, this is a um, this is a, an impressive game that's let down by some significant flaws. Um, the action part of the game is quite good. Uh, the fighting part of the game, the control scheme, this game does more with less successfully than almost any other fighting game I can think of. In terms of like, I know what I'm doing to get the move that I want. Because like you said, they, they literally map each move to a direction with or without the button. Um, this game did remind me a little bit of Lionheart because the, uh, the way that you have to hold down the button and then push a direction is exactly the same the combat works in Lionheart. You can't give me that look because you know I'm right. No, I, no, I don't agree It's with exactly that. the same as Lionheart. This is nothing like Lionheart. I mean, I can okay. say, okay, yeah. To I, swing your sword, you push the button in a direction. To punch or kick, you push the button right, in a but direction. I mean, there are no similarities game-wise. There's just well, that, of there's course that not. Lionheart's a horrible game, and this one's there's great. A, a, don't start with me, Boat. There's one. There's one control element that they share, but otherwise, there's no similarity. I'm talking about the controls. There's there's one aspect that, but I'm that is that. the that that's the only aspect that is the control of right, the but game. In Lionheart, if you say hold diagonal up, you don't do a move. I mean, yeah, they, you they, do. You jump. No, but you. Well, no, you, you're not using two buttons. You don't. But my, you're missing my point. No, here. you're missing my point. I mean, and my is, point is that I'm right and you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, please. Continue with your assessment. Thank you. Even though you're wrong. Um, I don't like the fact that when you're fighting, you, each move that you do doesn't impact your opponent's life. Um, like for example, there's a sweep. And you can sweep this guy till the cows come home, and it's not going to make any difference. Okay, <clears throat> um, in my in my mind, a fighting game, any blow you land on your opponent should marginally, even marginally, affect his health. And so, while I think the lights thing is really cool, I think it's an inventive way to do a life bar. Um, I don't think that uh, the way that the way that your hits impact the lights. Is, is not cool, is not good. Um, I And maybe this is just um, me being bad, but I felt like I l always landed more hits than my opponent, but my opponent's hits were always much more devastating than mine. And that leads me to the other fault of this game, and that is the, um, the programmability of the moves, okay? I had the instructions out, and I had the screen up, and I still couldn't figure out what was going on. What they should have done was just made it simpler. They should have just said like, okay, use your mouse and click on the direction that you want. Now use your mouse and click on the move that you want and then hit okay. <clears throat> the way that they do it, they do it all with the joystick. No, it's not all with the joystick because you got to use keyboard too. I was never able to figure it out. And what I learned from this, this uh, playthrough that we're watching right now is the most devastating moves are not the ones that are uh, by default programmed to your fighter. For example, this sort of axe kick that you see this guy doing on the video we're watching right now, that's not a default move and that's one of the strongest moves in the game. So you're sort of hampered by default because a lot of people I'm sure played this game without ever going into that programmable mode. So in conclusion, this is another game without background music. It's horrible. It, this game begs 
for a pumping soundtrack a la Street Fighter 2 Mortal Kombat um, the ref while comical gets annoying real fast his little whoops that he gives I, I got real tired of that real quick um, comparing this game to the turbo graphics uh, game the turbo graphics outclasses the Amiga version in graphics when you watch the guys in idle animations they're bobbing and weaving in a way that they don't in the Amiga version uh, this game is actually it's much closer to the Genesis version although the Genesis version uh, does away with the lights being put out and gives you just normal kind of globes but it's it's much more in line with the Genesis version which is funny because the turbo graphics is the least powerful of the three yet it looks the best so is this one of the best fighting games on the Amiga? Yes, without a doubt. I had a whole bunch of fun playing this game. I think it's very strategic. Uh, I, I, when you land a blow, it feels like you've landed a blow. Uh, it's beautiful. The graphics are well done. It's that Prince of Persia, very well animated style. Um, but it, it it's not perfect. Okay. Um Somebody, I agree with some of what you said. Um, oh, one more thing. Yeah. The fighters, when you're selecting your fighter, and when they basically just swap the faces for that, that's that's horrible and comically bad. I agree. I agree with that. And and, and the menus could be uh, easier to navigate. They they're actually like one thing that I think is amusing is why do you have to hit the button to see the physical stuff pop up from? Can they just have that listed on yeah. the picture? Stuff like that. The menus are, are stupid. Now, I'm going to address some of your concerns here. Maybe I can explain why you, why you are uh, feeling that way. Okay. Um, when you start fighting, how many fights did you successfully win? None. Okay, I'm going to explain why. Uh, when you start fighting, you are outclassed, okay? And um, you, have, uh, you have the ability to go to the gymnasium and train. And did you do that at all? I did, uh -huh. but I did not. I'm not what you call a master trainer. Right. Uh, I was unable to skip the rope. Uh, I was able to lift the weight for a very short amount of time. Yeah. And when I, uh, w the, the thing, the reflex test, Yeah. I was never sure if I was hitting that thing. That, I wish that, I will say that is one failing. Now, the way these exercises work, and I had to go to manual. I've, it's funny, I've played this game for years. I've never understood exactly how they work, and I'm still not great at them. But to do the jump rope, you sort of waggle the joystick back, left and right, in sort of a rhythmic way. To do the weightlifting, you you basically have to spin the joystick around. Oh, right? okay. And then to do the uh, was that in the docks? It was. Okay, I but I mean, it's very stupidly written in the okay. docks. The docks are obviously by the same guy that came up with the menu system. <laughs> and and to to, to hit the uh, targets, you have to and the you're not close enough to actually feel like you're hitting them. So there's a flaw there. I'm also going to contend that the reason mouse support isn't in this is strictly for a conversion. This is your class. I mean, and we saw this a lot on the Amiga uh, in games where they wouldn't let you use the keyboard to type in your name, mm -hmm. stuff like that. There, yeah. it was com coming through. It was passing through. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like here's the Amiga version as we pass on in the Genesis. Yeah. So I think that is, there's that. Uh, the the face is not changing again. That's no good either. Yeah, that's horrible. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the menus where you actually go to your options to actually you have to go to options to rename a fighter and then you have to go to moves to change the fighters moves all stupid and all weird you also go to the options menu to set how many rounds well, you're going to uh, you're going to use but i mean it, it goes for every fighter for every fight until you change it back it's they the the menus could be structured in a more logical manner sure okay sure. now the moves 
Uh, <coughs> one of the things that make this game very uh, different from most fighting games is the ability to program in your kickboxer's moves. And it's vital, in fact, as far as I would say. Now, uh, it looks daunting when you load up that screen, but it's actually brain-dead simple. It's real simple. On the, on the right-hand side of the screen, it's got uh, two joystick setups, one with the button down and one with it out, and around the, per, the button settings are letters. And all you do is just move your move the joystick to, to the picture of the move you want, and then you hit the button as to where that move goes. That's all there is to it. At the end, you hit there's a save button, and you save. That's all there is to yeah, it. I mean, I so, was I was but a, yeah. But don't I'm not going to chastise you. I'll tell you why. Okay. It it's not immediately obvious. And I wasn't. Right. I guess because. Um, when you, whenever you, I hit save, I felt like I did it right, but then when I went into the fight, I wasn't able to do the things that I thought I put in there. When you hit so. save, there's a, there, it, you hear this sampled voice, and it goes, Hubba! <laughs> I don't know what he says. <laughs> Maybe it's in French. I'm not, at first, I thought, I was like, what is this? It sounded like it went all soul. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But it didn't. It says something. I don't know what. Uh, but it's at, once you understand, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually a, a good way to do it. Now, could they have put the mouse in there? Absolutely, but again, passing through, right, passing right. through. The music doesn't bother me that much just because uh, it's a realistic fighting game. I don't see where Street Fighter music would necessarily... Imp Listen, music's always... I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong. Music's always a nice addition if you don't want to even turn it off, all right? Because should they have done some music? Probably. Okay, I'm, I, I can't fight you with that either. Uh, the menu system overall is just not very good. And it's taken me quite a while. For one thing, we had a PAL version of this, so me and Brent for years couldn't see all the menus, which made it much worse. You think you got it bad now. Play this on a machine that didn't have PAL. You can't see the lower two-thirds of the so screen. So we just had yeah. to sort of guess mm -hmm. where the thing was. Now, uh, once you start playing this game and going through it, it's actually quite fun. And the, and the reason you had trouble at the beginning is, you, number one, you didn't train. Mm -hmm. And two... The maneuvers, you're talking about this maneuver being more devastating. That's not necessarily true. Uh, and the sweep, knocking a guy down with not any axe damage, a lot of the moves in this are, are strategic. That sweep is often used to get a guy off of you that's, that's flurrying on you, right? And it's, it's, which is exactly the way it's used in actual modern kickboxing. It's a, it's a get off me sort of move, right? Uh, um, I, certain moves may do more damage I, I, I don't have a guide here that says like this is, there's not a whole lot on this game so i don't know if certain moves are weighted mm -hmm. i don't think just from playing it so much i don't think they were but it's well, not, but they certainly looked more devastating and they ha and the ranges are nice to, and since so many moves have long and short range i mean there's building your character is and in my opinion is integrate to actually enjoying this game if, and I should mention that if you don't have, if you've got 512k, 512 meg or less, you can't even, you can't even, that option isn't there. You have to have uh, a certain amount of memory or more. They, they, and, and on some of the console stuff, that, that option's not there either, mm. okay? So not everyone got the build a guy thing. And without that, the game is not as good. Uh, you've got 55 moves to choose from in this game, you, and you're slotting 13, which is a, a goodly amount of moves, uh, and they are vital to your fighting style. Like, I like to work inside, so I use uppercuts. I, I use that sweep kick you were talking about a lot. When a guy gets too close, I need him to back off, or if he's flurrying on me, I'll use it. 
Uh, um, I also like uh, real long distance moves, so I because it moves me inside real quick. It's all about your fight style. And I'll tell you that without programming the initial fighter, I didn't have nearly as much success because when you program the fighter, you become intimate with sure. where the moves are. Yeah, and it makes a lot of it makes a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. uh, the gymnasium is a, is also a dud. They, they I didn't like the way it was done. Gymnasium stuff in games like this is sort of standard, and it was lazy. So you're the music lazy, the menus lazy, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the way it's logically illogically set up is lazy. The character uh, uh, pictures are lazy. Now, all that's true. But it's forgivable because the game is so excellent mm -hmm. in terms of, in fact, the tournament mode, lazy too, where you have to just go and pick your next opponent. Right. There's not, there's not that. There's not even a, um, you know, like a, a grid. Right now, I did write down. You know, there there were some built-in characters here, and I thought this was interesting just because of the way that they've got these. You know, listen, to these, you fight these characters when you start a match. A lovely French girl. They call her the pom pom girl in the in the in the book. She has a, a circle she holds up with something in it. It's the round girl, right? Right. But you know, when you when you lose, there's something in that circle, uh -huh. right? Now, when you or when you win, when you lose, it shows it shows like a uh, a, a, a like a first aid kit, mm -hmm. right? When you win, there'll be something in that circle, and what that is is the is the title you just won. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this game has some sort of title, and you can collect them. It's as just you like wrestling. Through. So the first guy, Dom Week, he's the New York City medal champion. Okay. The next guy, CB Rocky, he's the California State gold medal champion. Then you got Fred Allen Teddy, the UK champion cup holder. And, and, and there's a cup, right? Then you've got Aldo Casanova, the European, these names. He's a European cup champion. And here's my favorite for the, East, the United States East Coast champion cup champion, Turbo Diesel Panther. And he's our local hero. And then you've got Bulldo Man, uh, the West Coast champ, Marvel Kick. The U.S. belt champ and then Andre world belt champ. Mm -hmm. Now I looked at these characters, by the way, and I think some of these are based on real fighters. Like I'm pretty sure that Marvel Kick is based on a guy named Superfoot Wallace, but I can't be 100% sure on that. Hmm. And I think Turbo Diesel Panda is based on somebody. I couldn't remember the guy's name. Diesel the wrestler? No, this mm -hmm. is this predates Diesel by some, some some time, I think. Now, so overall, before I move on. I love the game, but it definitely has flaws. I'm not gonna say here it's like the best game ever. They screwed up a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, that could have been better. Now, I didn't know about this until I started researching this. There's a game out there called Best of the Best Championship Karate. Okay, I, I'd heard of this on on other machines. Okay, I didn't realize that the Amiga got a port of this. Did you know the Amiga had a port? I found one video of it on YouTube. I'm gonna be making one. I might add, and this is. This is uh, from the same outfit, and what this, from my understanding is, I just found out about this the other day, was that this was sort of an updated version of Panza. Oh, okay. Now, I looked at it, it looked pretty much identical with one major exception. Any mention of Panza on it is gone. So it's sort of like when they re-released uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, just without Mike Tyson. And so what, but what, when, when Andre mentioned that he'd gotten screwed, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. They re-released this game and didn't cut him in. Sure. And keep in mind, he did all the. He was in all the animations, mm -hmm. and he's. From what I read, he's still in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how many stories of game development where people have gotten screwed have we heard? Yeah. It's, it's all the time. And here's something you might find interesting. This one got a release on the Game Boy, the NES, the Super NES, and the Genesis. So there's a lot of 
Uh, and that's why I'd heard of it. Mm -hmm. And also, as I recall, there was a movie called Best of the Best that was out about that time. It was like a karate movie. Yeah. You know, so I thought it was interesting. Um, but, you know, overall, it's a great game. It's fun to play. Two players is great. But you have to be prepared to figure out how to make your character. And you've got to squeeze enjoyment from the fighting system because there's little enjoyment. There's little added enjoyment to be had from the, any additional stuff that they could have added, you know, like uh, more fun modes or anything like that. Mm -hmm. so. What I would have liked to have seen is a Final Fight style mini game where you beat up a car, <laughs> well, something like that. Or is that Street Fighter where you beat listen, up a car? Listen, there's nothing in here. When you've got a system like this, there are opportunities to do some other interesting yeah, and fun I mean, stuff. The training part, the training mode is cool. It's a cool idea. It just it stinks. Just, yeah. I right. mean, it stinks. And I've, I've tried, I finally figured out what I was doing, and it's still, it's just, most of those training modes aren't very fun. Mm -hmm. They're very rare. They're about as fun as training in real life. You know, you know. listen, you've got to, uh, uh, have they ever played track and field or something? Just kind of look at what they did. You could do something like that with boxing. Mm -hmm. You could punch birds out of the sky or plates or yeah. something. Oh, something yeah. fun. Not like, I'm going to lift a weight. Here, waggle your, it's just, it's added a one. Mm -hmm. It's tacked to one stuff, which is right. that's what it is. So, again, I like it. I give it a thumbs up, but I can understand why people would get annoyed with it. And as simple as the move setting is, it's not simple when you just load it up. Mm -hmm. You look at it like, by God, what am I doing? It looks complex. Yeah. It's really not, but it looks complex. Um, I had a look on uh, to see some reviews on this thing. Reviews were uh, sort of all over the map here. Uh, Lemon gives this a 7.96. Uh, Amiga Action gave it an 87. Uh, and Amiga Computing didn't even rate it. <laughs> That's not what happened there. AIAUI, uh, which I think is how it's Amiga International. 74%. Yeah. They sort of didn't like it that much. CU Amiga, 82%. Uh, I looked on eBay. You can, In fact, I almost bought this boat. I almost bought it. You can get this plus another game. I saw it up here for 20 bucks. You should bucks. just buy every game we review. No, I couldn't, couldn't afford it. <laughs> but I do like it so much that I almost bought it. But I mean... But this this game did get an NTSC release. Yeah, it was... I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure it yeah. did. I mean, this was in America, this, this box version of it. So, you know, it, it's funny doing this review because I really have rose-colored glasses about this game. I really love it. I still love it. I mean, I had so much fun playing it. I moved up the ranks pretty readily. Mm -hmm. I hadn't lost much. But the the screw ups in it are infuriating. Yeah. And 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 listen, to you get real uh, aggressive about it. I mean, you're not wrong. That's why uh, you're not wrong about the the issues that it has. It's it, it, it's it, a shame. I think what 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 gets me is they spent so much time making the animations and the actual fighting part of the game good. Could you have not taken one-tenth of that time and put it into just even a mediocre menu system, you know? Well, you know, if you think about it, I, I, I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or what, it was one of, the, one of the Capcom fighting games. Very similar situation. It came out with an incomplete... The game was there, but there was the all the add-ons, the tournament weren't, weren't involved, the menus were crap. So, mm. I mean, I think so many times these guys lose sight of the of the little things that make the game have more re replayability. And especially with a game like this where every fighter is identical, mm -hmm. so there's not a whole lot of variance, you really need to have a lot of extra stuff to spice it up a little. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Uh, we did get some um, reviews on Discord. If you are a Patreon supporter of Amigos, you can join <laughs> our Discord server and post your own review. Uh, Matthew, no, we're gonna wow, start with a lot Graham. Graham W. Vebke says, I think this is possibly one of the best fighting games on the Amiga. 
I normally don't compare Amiga games with the console version, but I'm very familiar with this game on the PC Engine. And the Amiga game plays just as well. Great animations and art, great depth of gameplay, and creating your own kickboxer offers even more replay value. 9 out of 10. Uh, Matthew Perron says, One of my favorite Amiga games and one of the best fighting games out there, all systems included. The punches and kicks land well with great animation and sound feedback. Being able to customize your fighter with your selection of punches and kicks is awesome. My personal favorite, the spinning punch. Mm. That is a good one where you come around with the that's back a, fist. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Chris Foles. 10 out of 10 from him. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Sorry for Matthew. Panza, he's the one that always requests it on Amigathon. Uh, Panza, I think <laughs> Chris actually spelled it Panzer. Panza Kickboxing is easily in the top three fighting games on the Amiga. The hits land with impact, nice graphics, and sound effects. It's not without its flaws, dull backdrops that rarely change, lack of variations on opponents graphically, and the cardinal sin of no background yep. music. 7 out of 10. Leif Kelland. Leaf, you're, you're going to have to give me a, a lesson on how to do your last name next. Let's get Leaf. Let's get Leaf down first. I already screwed it up. Yeah. Um, this is a hidden gem on the Amiga. It's really quite surprising on how few top whatever lists it shows up on. In my mind, it's the finest fighter on the Amiga with wonderful graphics, a compelling and difficult to master fight mechanic, and a just deep enough gameplay slash managerial slash progression subsystem. Eight out of ten. And finally, the one and only Figgy, CTZ. He says, my all-time favorite kickboxing game. <laughs> I wonder what his second one is. Great animations and colorful sprites. Love the intro music, too. 10 out of 10. He Figgy, loved it. Figgy got in just under the wire. Yeah, I did. You yeah, know, did. first of all, it does my heart good, because me and Brent played this, and I no one ever talked about it. I couldn't. I was like, why does anybody like this game? So it's, it makes me happy to see that a lot of people do like it. Yeah. Uh, because everyone, I mean, that's one of the most popular games we've ever played on here in terms of the amount of feedback and the ratings they gave it. It was very uh, well regarded. And it shows you that a game, uh, the, the core of the game outweighs Ways it's other stupid parts, you know. So maybe something somewhere down the line we can. I mean, this is never going to happen. But I would love to see this fight system used for a one-button system. This is the only fighting game I've played on the Amiga that makes you feel like you can pull off maneuvers with one button. Yeah, it's the only one, and yeah. that alone make, gives it a lot of uh, value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron, it's time to give us a little update on what's been going on on the old YouTube channel. All right, we've. We had a lot of action this week, haven't we? We've had, this has been one of our biggest weeks of all time. There's a picture of me just relaxing. I like that one. <laughs> Watch me lounge, drink. Oh, shoot, I got a drink over here. So we kick things off with your video of this game, of Panza Kickboxing. So uh, you have been, you, you fired this up on the actual Amiga 1200, right? Let me tell you something. Get ready for a, a flurry, a slew of Amiga videos because I have finally... <laughs> I finally uh, got a nice way to dump the Amiga video, and it, I am going crazy. I love it. And so I thought, well, what a good way to kick it off is to get some. And I'll, I'll say when I did this, it had been so long since I played this, I'd forgotten everything. So I had to re. So I was actually glad I did. I had to go through and, and re, uh, re um, remember how I did everything. But yeah, that that was my uh, Amiga contribution for the week. More to come. Lots more. Uh, my Amiga contribution for the week 
was playing Super Mario Land 2, six <laughs> golden coins on the Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know why. I think I was streaming something else, and I just thought about playing some Game Boy. Or maybe we were talking about Game Boy on the Discord. This is a uh, the, the, the first real Mario game for the Game Boy. The first Mario game, Super Mario Land, was not made by the normal Mario team. It was made by a different team. Mario didn't really, he didn't really respond like Mario. This game is like a condensed version of, uh, of Super Mario World for the, for the Super Nintendo. I've not played this, but I've always heard good things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's a very good game. It's quite easy, so I love it. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, now you really make me want to play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So oh, the uh, gold is underwater there? Yeah. Why isn't the water running out the tunnel? Hey, man. You don't ask questions. All right. He's got um, so I played about halfway through this, and I plan on playing the other half of it at some point this week. So tune in if you're interested in Game Boy what, action. What did you at play all. that on, Bo? This was just an emulator. Just an emulator, yeah. yeah. It's because that's so vibrant, crisp. Yeah, it looks yeah, great. It really looks good. When you play an actual Game Boy, it's just like oh. no. It's a it's a <laughs> spinach colored mess. Is yeah. what it is. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, I'm harsh on everything. Now, I noticed that you get really fiery. Let's talk a little bit about your City of Heroes live stream. Well, listen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to justify this. I okay, swear to you. Okay, I want to hear this story. Uh, um, I have been working on a some sort of rig in the in the other studios to do live streaming of of live gameplay, multiplayer gameplay online, and for mostly for role playing purposes, if you want the truth, mm -hmm. and also to do some testing on our connection for when we do the uh, Thanks for Giving uh, marathon right after Thanksgiving. And so I thought, what better way to do it than just get the boys together and we'll just play some City of Heroes. And that's what we did. We had a couple sessions. Uh, we did it late at night. Uh, I, I believe uh, uh, we had, I think Ricky DeRocher was like was, was on there. It wasn't like it was well attended or well watched. But if you see these pop up occasionally, that's what's going on. We're just And, and the boys loved it. They thought it was great. So they could go back and watch their games, what it looks like. So <laughs> it's fun. And I will say, uh, I think I've got the bugs ironed out. So. Good, good. Uh, so uh, I've played Star Trek Online, Picard, but why am I not surprised that you're that you're shilling for it? <laughs> um, uh, the ranking of Amiga platformers rolls on. Now was this Aaron. this was your second effort in the Brian the yeah. Lion? I was having major internet issues uh, when I, the first time I tried to do a stream of Brian the Lion, but I was managed to get it together and play this uh, uh, another one of these sort of classic um, uh, platformer Amiga games. And uh, yeah, we covered this one. Gosh, it's has. How long has it been since we played this? Oh, it's a couple, a couple of years. years. Yeah. It's been two. God, I love um, But uh, Brian the Lion, it's a, it's an okay game. It's an okay platformer. It's it's, it's got some flaws, but it's a it's a late release, and it looks really really good. I played the AJA version. Looked great. Brian looks like a dork. He does. That's the it's, it's once the, again the curse of Amiga. Yeah, right. your, your your main character look, is going to look like just, a geek. Just look at him right now. <laughs> you got Sonic. Way. We've got. <laughs> This door. He looks stunned everywhere he goes. He looks We're nothing like the cover art. The cover art makes him look like a mean dude with attitude. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick of those guys. <laughs> How about a meek dork with no attitude? Get him on the screen. Sounds like me. You're right. Where's the boat platformer of my dreams? Hey. You in a sweater vest <laughs> chastising people as you run by them. <laughs> Let's talk about... Oh, uh, so I, I forgot to actually upload our Project X episode. So if you're a YouTube Yeah, I was wondering watcher, about that, yeah, Boat. I, I was going back through and, uh, and looking at our playlist, and I realized that I forgot to do that. So that's up. The uh, big news for this week uh, is that I interviewed Retro Man Cave, um, and... Uh, if you're at all interested in uh, the history of his channel 
and uh, you know what his future plans are, where he came from, where he's going. Check that out. Retro Man Cave's a really nice guy. Uh, I was glad to uh, peer inside the cave in real time, and uh, we we just have a real nice chat. And uh, and Neil's awesome. Yeah. And it, I will say this interview was great. He's great. Your questions are like top shelf. I you did a great job on that boat. Well, thank you. And Neil was very candid, a very interesting guy. Uh, so, so super nice. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. I really like his stuff, too. So, now, yeah, I, I suspect there will, this won't be the last in the boat series of interviews. No, no. In fact, the, uh, the Amigos uh, interview, the series called The Amigos Interview, has its next guest lined up for uh, tomorrow. A lot so. of people don't, I mean, I don't know, but some people may not remember that you, we've, and together, I think we did one, but you've done a, you've interviewed a lot of like pretty big names, right? Pleasance, right? Oliver Twins, mm -hmm. uh, Flack, yeah. Robbie. Mike, the guy from Amiga Forever, Mike, even though we lost the audio The for guy that. from Amiga Forever, uh, Pixel Vixen. Mm -hmm. uh, you also uh, sat down with uh, uh, the fellow from CinemaWare. We sat down with him on the show. Yep, In fact, Sven. he joined us for a whole show, as yeah. I recall. So uh, you've got some pretty good, I'm sure I'm for, oh, uh, our buddy, was uh, it Will that got came on for the episode about uh, D Pain? Yeah, Will Williams. Yeah, mm -hmm. Will Williams. So we've we've you've done some interviews, we, and together we've done a couple. Mm -hmm. Mostly, Boat's better at this stuff than I am. I just let him go, and he was great. He did a good job on that. Well, thank you. You get an attaboy. What did you guys cover this week on ARG Presents, Aaron? Listen, the shirt says it all. I'm into old school gaming. Nothing says old school like the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> it's right uh, here beside the 2600. We spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week we did GameCube games. Now, uh, um, we chose, I would say, sort of diverse games uh, this week. And Brent chose, it was also Bizarro Week, so we chose each other's games. So Brent chose for me Kirby's Air Ride. You ever played this? You're no, big, no. I, really, you know, I, I'm a big GameCube guy. I'd never heard of this before. I ha well, apparently, this. <laughs> Brent, as we both decided it was basically Baby's First Kart Racer. Mm -hmm. What would be a good name for it? And then I chose for Brent another great game in a, in a, for the kids: a Def Jam Fight <laughs> for New York. So we got the Brent. I just wanted to hear Brent talk about hip hop, and he did. He went well into hip hop and the history of Def Jam. I thought that your comparison was very apt. What would happen if they updated Pit Fighter for like a 3D engine? Yeah, and this looks like it. Well, I mean, again, these are the guys. These are the Aki guys who have a uh, a lot of experience in combat video games. They did a lot of the wrestling games, and so. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I picked Def Jam for Brent because number one, I want to hear him talk about hip hop, but also I just think it, it's a great game, and I love, I love Def Jam Fight for New York. Now so. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against the, uh, the tide here. I never found the GameCube controller to be that bad. Oh man, it's not. No, it's a good controller except for the button setup. It's horrible. I think that if you're playing first party Nintendo games that are set up for that layout, you're okay. But yeah, anything third party Madden, I couldn't imagine doing anything oh, with God. that. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like I was telling Brent, it feels good in your hand. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it's the, way the better than the uh, N64 controller. Yeah. Lighter, right. more nimble, but. The button setup is just the dirt worst. Yeah. It's the worst. Although the N64 gives it a run for its money, its button setup's horrible too. Uh, I did an Atari 1200XL stream this week. Uh, I continue to move through the book that you got me, the greatest games on the Atari 1200 or the Atari 8-bit series. Uh, I played some Blue Max. I watched. I watched a good chunk of this. Some, uh, some Boulder Dash. Yeah. Boulder Dash is the most infuriating game I've ever played in my life. I played this thing five times and I died in the exact same place five times in a row. It it's, was it was so horrible. My kid walked in while I was watching this. He goes, "What is that?" 
I go, Boulder Dash. And he, for about one second, he became obsessed with this. <laughs> Whoa, what's he doing there? And then literally... Two seconds later, he was out. He didn't give a crap. Yeah, yeah. So it, it held him for just only for a moment. I played a really fun game, uh, possible uh, antecedent to uh, to Splatoon. Yeah. Uh, this is a game called Bristles, and uh, it looks like that my my color is getting worse and worse on this video as I move through. the The video quality well, seems it, to be fading on me. With this particular setup, the the whatever colors are in play can grossly affect what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is a, it's a really fun game where it's it's like your city connections or any game where you have to paint a floor. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really enjoy it. Played some Bruce Lee. Uh, that was really fun. And uh, finally, I played this wacky game called Caverns of Kafka. Now this game is a great game. I believe the same fellow that did this did Forbidden Forest. Okay. Paul Norman. Oh wow. I think. Somebody in the chat room, help me out here. Uh, I'm, I think I, mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, I, this game is familiar to me, uh, and I, I was introduced to this by your favorite Shane R. Monroe. He talked oh. about this on his show, Caverns of Kafka, and it's a fun game. It's sort of in the tradition of a. Uh, 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 it's sort of like if Splunky had a kid with uh, Montezuma's Revenge. Sure, absolutely. You know, so yeah. there, there you go. And finally, this week, Aaron, you've played. A little bit of Coco. Yes, we have. Well, I, well I, I, again, I've gotten this. I've got a new setup where I can actually do stuff, and so I sit down. Now, uh, uh, admittedly, the audio in this is a little dim, but I've already taken care of that business. But uh, it's still plenty good. It's so it, because it's Cron, and Cron was a color computer slash Dragon Thirty Two game that answered the age-old question, where the heck's my home version of Tron? Well, it's right here, it's Tron. It's a rip-off version. But uh, back in the day when this came out, there was no other way to play Tron sort of going to the arcade. And this is actually a pretty quality version of a Tron game. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed it. It's ba it's sort of the same basic bear, you know. Uh, I, I liked it, and so I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do some more obscure, like off the wall, Coco slash Dragon Thirty Two stuff, and this was the first thing that popped into my head. Well, Aaron, I think now's as good a time as any. To, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and me and Boat talked about how the best way to to mention this. So basically, you know, we've been around for what five or six years, four yeah. or five years on the Amigos, and uh, we know we started off with, uh, gosh, just a podcast, and I can't that those horrible mics and the headsets. Mm -hmm. We went through a bunch of different levels of mics, and we had cameras, and we had green screens, and all that stuff. So our supporters have been very kind to us over the years, and uh, amongst the many things they've allowed us to do is upgrade our video quality, but. Uh, it's also allowed me to finally be able to get a nice streaming signal uh, out of the Coco uh, and the Atari line of computers, which we've, if you know anything about those computers, they are tough as nails to get a quality signal out of because they're old and the signal that comes out of them is wonky. Yeah, it's not a normal composite. Yeah, and they, and they, they won't... They won't play well with a lot of capture stuff. And we actually, it's not like we didn't look. We looked around. We tried every kind of crazy thing. And ironically, something real simple ended up fixing the problem. So now we've got the ability to capture really good footage from the color computer slash Dragon 32 and the Atari. And so we've been kicking around the idea of doing some sort of uh, tiny color computer show. And so now that we have the ability to capture good footage, we're going to go ahead and, and kick one off. And so we're announcing today that we're going to, I guess probably starting uh, for real next, sometime next month, we're gonna start a, uh, a Tandy Color Computer slash Dragon 32 game-based podcast. It'll be very similar to our Sinclair. We'll just pick a, a couple games. The difference is 
uh, we're only going to go once a month with this. Uh, we're going to do it once a month because uh, I don't want to. You know, we've got uh, we introduced ARG last year and almost to, two years to the ago mix, now. and then we and then we've introduced uh, in the past year. So we've introduced Ars Sinclair. And it's been great. And one of the things I like about it, and of course we do ARG, me and Brian, but me and Boat did it at first. One of the things I like about these uh, shows is that I get to play with these systems that are very, they have a, uh, uh, they're all gameplay. There's no fluff, there's no baloney. It's just, and it's stuff I've never seen. And the Coco was a machine that I had when I was a kid, but it's been so long since I played that almost all the stuff I don't remember. And uh, so now that we've got the ability to play these things and have a lot of fun with them, much like we did with R. Sinclair when we got a Spectrum up and running, we figured, what the heck, we're going to give it a shot. So we're going we're gonna to start doing a show next month. And the name of the show, Boat? The Coco Show. The Coco Show, as simple as it can get. Yeah, uh, the, the URL is up already. Uh, there's not much there, but you can go to thecocoshow.net and see what's there. There will be lots more stuff. By the time you hear this, actually, there will be lots more stuff, including an episode zero, so you can go ahead and subscribe to the podcast feed. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited to do a, a show about the Coco uh, because it's an, yet another computer. You grew up with it, you know it well. I don't know anything about it. Now, um, all that said, uh, we are the Amigos, and the Amiga is our number one. And uh, uh, the reason we're putting this at once a month is because that won't change anything else at all. Uh, so, uh, in fact, I was thinking on the way over here, I've enjoyed the Amigos podcast more in the past year than, than all the other years combined. Absolutely. It's been a lot more fun. Uh, we've got, I, I like having the committee pick the games. It's, yeah. a lot, it's a lot more fun. The AGSC changed everything. And now that I can dump a quality signal for I can I, for the first time I looked at my Amiga on my flat screen high def TV and it was glorious it was glorious I just I basked in the glow mm -hmm. you know so now we can start capturing some some quality video there's gonna be a lot more for me anyway there's gonna be a lot more Amigos plays in fact the one I've got on tap. Um, I'm hoping to film it sometime next week will be, I'm going to finally, I'm going to just restart it. I'm going to do all the bar games events. I'm, it's going to be my late night Amigos offering. It'll finally, it'll finally Because I never finished my series. Yeah. So that's on my, that's the next thing on my docket. So um, nothing's going to change with our other shows, but we will be having a Coco show for those that are into it once a month. Uh, we're going to play both Coco and Dragon 32 stuff, mm -hmm. or Dragon 64, uh, because a lot of that stuff, a lot of stuff that we had when I was a kid came from Europe. I didn't even know it. I had no mm -hmm. idea. Cuthbert games and stuff like that. I didn't know what the heck that was. I just thought it was another game. And somewhere way down the line, now that we can pull images off of the, uh, or pull video off the Atari, we may do something with the Atari somewhere down the road, but for now, we're just going to concentrate on doing some, uh, qual hopefully, quality Coco stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron. Last week, our supporter song challenge. You got this one. Do you remember what it was? I don't. It was a Billy Joel song. Oh yes, yeah. It was it was it was an Uptown Girl or something? What was it? No, that was uh, it was Anthony's song. Ah, uh, yeah. Moving yeah. out. Moving out. Yeah. Right. Uh, we had two winners. Congratulations to Joseph Baxter. And Terry Howard. Joseph Baxter. Joseph Baxter. Has he won before? Florida's own Joseph Baxter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know who that is. Never yeah. mind. Um, so this week, Aaron, we have a new uh, we have a new Amigos supporter. Oh. His, his name is Simon Lutch. We welcome Simon with open arms. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining us, and you will be included 
for the first time in this song. If you know this song, then you can email me at john at amigospodcast.com and you will be announced among the winners on next week's episode. Beautiful. Simon Lutz, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine. Mike W. Decker, Threepwood, Gary, Heather, Free Lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Minator, Craig McClelland. Ten Minute Amiga, Retrocast, Counting, Virtual Sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man, Cave, Tim, Drew. Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Hedder, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig. Sean's old, Darren Lomax, Colin for one nine buck, Fit Roland, Berg, Andrew, Monk, Show the Zombie, John Cook, Leaf Gallon, Alan Kebab, Jack O'Dell, Avalon, John Marshall, Matthew Perrault, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Vicky Citizen, The Slow Nora Stefan Sogan Mortensen, Edmund Helen, Blend of 75, Christopher Assault, Ravi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Vepke, Lane Vincent, and Adam Battersby at Brian's Retro and Vintage. Gary Huckersey, Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, tapes from the crypt. Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tommy Hombuchstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn. And Kjolbjorn Barman. Man, that was like an opera. You've got incredible range. You suck at every possible level of singing. <laughs> I noticed when you were hitting those uh, Tabernacle Choir verses, your lip was going like this. Ooh. I never seen quite like that. It was like the last time I saw a mouth like that on something, it was a, it was a large mouth bass. I was pulling a hook out of it. <laughs> Good God. We also want to thank all the fine folks in the chat with us right now. We got Martin B, aka Reflections. You know, Martin is sort of the demo scene cracker star of Norway. Don't I don't call mean him it that. like that way. You know I don't see color. <laughs> no. Bark bits here with us. Sweden's finest. Boss man, of course, here, Paul Harrington. Pixels at Dawn, Steve Rasmussen. You broke Martin's mug with your horrible <laughs> when you hit that high note. Pac Billy's here and he's very excited about the Coco Show. Oh boy, I know he's mentioned it a few times over in the uh, Discord. Edvin Helland is here. Sorry, our, uh, Aaron is not yet going to Amiga Ireland. That was not the the big announcement. Well, I apologize. For... I will say, but I should. I, I've had a couple people say, I'm not in a, uh, family matters prevent me from leaving the country for a while because I'm. But give me a give me a give me time. I'm working on it. Picard 2005. Guys, thank you so much. You are always welcome to join us when we record live Fridays around 5.30 for both Amigos, Our Sinclair, and at some point in the very near future, The Coco Show. So, Aaron, next week, we're going to play a little bit of Globdule. Globdule. The hell is that? Globdule. Globdule? 
Mm-hmm. That sounds gross. Well, it's it's not appetizing, I'll tell you that. Globule? Yeah. How's that spelled? Yeah, there's G-L-O-B-D-U-L-E. Okay. Globule. Globule. Yeah. Weird. Okay. So we'll check that out. Do we know we'll what that is? It is. Um, it is a isometric platformer. Think Marble Madness, but with slimy balls. Enough said. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.